0: Support for today's Heat Treat Radio episode is provided by Heat Treat Today's 40 under 40. Learn more about the annual award at www.heattreattoday.com/40under40promo. Welcome to Heat Treat Radio. I'm your host Bethany Funk, editor of Heat Treat Radio. Today, Thomas Wingens, president of Wingens International, returns to speak on ferritic nitrocarburizing with Doug Glenn, publisher of Heat Treat Today. To check out other highly interesting heat treat radio episodes, head over to heattreattoday.com/radio, or simply Bing or Google Heat Treat Radio. Now, let's jump into today's episode with Thomas Wingins and Doug Glenn.
1: We want to welcome today to uh, Heat Treat Radio, Mr. Thomas Wingins, who is from Wingins International in Industry Consultancy, and Thomas is no stranger to uh, heat treat. Heat Treat Radio, you've been here before. In fact, you've got one of the more popular Heat Treat Radios as far as downloads and listens. It listens. It's one of the one that we did several years ago, actually, on, on megatrends in the heat treat industry. But anyhow, Thomas, welcome back to Heat Treat Radio.
2: Well, thanks uh, f- to be back, uh, Doug. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you don't mind, Thomas, let's just start off very briefly. Let's give the listeners just a brief idea of your history and your current uh, activities in the heat treat industry.
2: Well, yeah, my name is Thomas Wingens. I, um, I'm an independent consultant to the heat treat industry for now 10 years. Um, I'm in the heat treat industry for over 30 years. Matter of fact, my, my parents actually had a heat treat shop, and I've owned and raised on the shop or on, on the uh, above the office <laughs> of the heat <laughs> treat. And um, so we had very various heat treat processes in our shop. Um, vacuum heat treating, you started early in, the, in the early 70s, uh, but also atmosphere heat treating and uh, nitriding. And um, so the nitriding uh, is, uh, I'm familiar with uh, also for over 30 years, and uh, I worked with uh, different companies in the Equipment manufacturers on one hand, uh, but also other um, commercial heat treat shops, uh, body Coat to mention, Ibsen to mention. And um, so I'm a metallurgist by trade. Um, I've studied material science. And um, today I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with my family, uh, not far (laughs) away from you, Doug, uh, (laughs) street. And um, we really enjoy it here.
1: Yeah. Great. So he's, eh, eh, very, very uh, obvious to say you've got heat treat in your blood, uh, born born and raised in Germany, but you've been here in the States for, for quite a few years now. So you're you're well acquainted with, and I think this is important, well acquainted with not only the European technology that we're going to talk about today, which is, in fact, we're going to be talking about Friedrich nitrocarburizing, but you're also familiar with the U.S. market. So it kind of gives you a good uh, Good in and both of those markets, and a good perspective to to share with our listeners. So, so let's do that. Let's start. I, we do want to cover this. This episode is basically just going, going to cover FNC, ferritic Nitrocarburizing. We just want to start at the basics and work down through a few questions for anyone that's interested in what it is, how to do it, that type of thing. So, if you don't mind, FNC one hundred one. What is phritic Nitrocarburizing?
2: Yeah. Well, it is uh, aligned with carburizing and nitriding and diffusion treatment. It's a thermal process, diffusion, um, not a coating. And um, so, and as it is ferritic, it means uh, uh, it is uh, not austenitic. So we're not heating as high as we would do with carburizing or carbonitriding, uh, which is more in the range of 950 C. We operate in a, te- in a temperature range, nitriding in general is in the 500 C range and um, uh, ferritic nitrocarburizing is in the 560 to 590 C range. So uh, we're not austenitic and that makes a huge difference, uh, especially when it comes to distortion. So we are treating with FNC, uh, uh, f- machined or um, uh, parts which are ready to build in. So it is the final step very often.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're doing it at a lower temperature. We're in a lower temperature range. We don't have to worry about distortion things of that sort. Uh, and it is more or less the final step.
2: It is. I like nitriding. Um, the, um, the, the nitriding is taking place in the 500- uh, to 540 degrees C. Mm -hmm. And um, usually uh, the nitriding takes longer. It is uh, up to uh, 90 hours very often. So long-term or deep case nitriding, very popular uh, for some applications. Um, The rise and the popularity of F and C is that we can achieve very fast because first of all we are at elevated temperature versus nitriding so we are 580 90 degrees so we are higher in temperature therefore it's faster but also the the carbon content the additional carbon uh, in conjunction with the nitrogen also accelerates uh, the diffusion so we will we are achieving faster um, diffusion layers with f and c than with night nitriding so shorter cycle times means lower cost yeah so and faster turnaround and uh, we're instead of having 24 or 90 hours cycle times we often have four to six hours only that uh-huh. makes a huge difference yeah yeah
1: yeah. So so basically back on the let's let's just do the comparisons again very briefly from the the processes. OK, you've got nitriding, which is probably the lowest temperature process, but it's a much longer, a much longer cycle. Correct. Thanks. Then if we're moving up in temperature, probably nitrocarburizing would be next going to be much shorter cycles because you've got an addition of carbon as well, which is helping uh, diffusion into the metals. Then you've got nitrocarburizing or carburizing, both at much higher temperatures. Yes, and you and, and in fact, when you get to carburizing, you need to worry about the distortion. Some I would assume. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly, and um, that 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 makes a big difference um, because it is uh, not the final step. After carburizing or carbonitriding, which which is taking place at uh, 950 degrees. Uh, or if you go into vacuum furnaces with LPC, uh, you can go even higher than uh, up to 1,000. Nevertheless, you're in the austenitic field. So right. and, and you're, when you're cool or when you quench, you uh, transform the, the austenitic to martensite, and then you have distortion associated with us, with the quenching right. and transformation. Um, so that means uh, you need to grind... Uh, the the parts to have finished parts. That's not the uh, the the case with uh, nitriding or nitrocarburizing or FNC, as we saw.
1: Yeah, with FNC. Okay, super. So the j- just an example. Can you list off some some parts that are typically that go under FNC? I mean, what 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 are people typically fritic nitrocarburizing? What types of parts?
2: Well, due to the fact that we have a couple of micron uh, layer only, um, that means uh, you don't have huge parts for the most part. Uh, So you see um, uh, carburizing, for instance, you're doing, you know, 0.3 millimeters up to three or six millimeters for deep case for, you know, windmill gears. Yeah. So with the size of the part, usually the the, um, the surface treatment layer uh, is growing as well. Um, so it, it really depends on the wear. Uh, nitriding Uh, It certainly can can be done, also large part, and and, and it is done uh, on on very large parts, meaning you know uh, uh, seven meters long uh, extrusion screws and such. um, But it it is because of the wear, the wear technique. um, You have um, uh, a very unique uh, surface uh, uh, layer with nitriding and nitrocarburizing in that form that you have when you have friction, when you have uh, chemical wear, when you have fatigue wear, you get a couple of things. One of them is you have uh, uh, compressive stresses Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, holding up to to some degree of fatigue. And and, um, then you have, of course, a high uh, surface hardness Uh, of 1200 plus vickers you know um so you have a very high surface hardness and then if you have um galling or pitting where 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 metal on metal is wearing um the the nitriding layer is, is very supportive here uh, but also in the chemical resistance is is a, a very uh, big factor, and he, especially here, and that is important to mention, um, uh, a big part of the success of F and C is the combination with post oxidation, and uh, that that is and um, that is a big part because. Uh, uh, the combination of ferritic nitrocarburizing, FNC, with post-oxidation uh, leads not only to a um, mechanical strong surface uh, with compressive stresses, it also has a very high corrosion resistance. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, that is uh, that combination is uh, a wonderful combination for several automotive parts. Uh-huh. So you, you see... Um, A lot of components have been hard chromed, hard chrome-plated in the past. So so we have uh, several ball pivots, uh, ball joints in the car. And uh, when you have an older car uh, with chrome-plated ball pivots, um, you maybe have heard this uh, itchy noise, you know, when you go, you know, when the car makes this noise, when, when you go over uh, a curb or when you go up and down. So, and um, that is very often due to the fact that these bolt pivots are corroded.
1: Uh-huh,
2: yeah. And they are chrome-plated. So, uh, that is a big, huge application. And that became the standard in the automotive industry. Every bolt joined is now uh, FNC and post oxidized the other application you see that a lot is um, if you don't if you have still a, a pneumatic uh, a trunk lift piston yeah yes uh-huh. a piston you know you remember uh, has been hard chrome plated so you have that chrome finish uh, if you see it in a newer car if it do, if you don't have an electric one you know that they, usually they're different but um, <laughs> But yes. in the front on the front hood, they're usually not electric, so you have still a, a, a gas piston. Yeah. And um, th- there are uh, um, also FNC-treated and uh, post-oxidized. Uh, and um, for the wiper, everything what is exposed to corrosion, so many parts on the automotive. They even think with a light building uh, of the body, uh, so you know everything. That's uh, something maybe to mention. Uh, all these components I'm mentioning here are body parts. Predominantly have nothing to do with electrification or with with com- internal combustion drivetrains. The, so yeah. they're not impacted by that. So we right. will not see here any change in the future. So right. a lot of a lot of uh, uh, under uh, body uh, components. Also, you know, we have uh, stone shipping and all that corrosion. Uh, you know, people are, you know, they're tending to, to use also FNC and black oxide because they can make it on a, a thinner sheet metal uh, yeah. part uh, with um, compressive stresses. So they have um, higher strength built in and they have the um, the corrosion protection on top of it. So. Yeah. It's, it's a good combination of, um, and of course, uh, it's uh, virtually distortion-free. Yeah. So uh, you, you will uh, maybe see on some parts where you have uh, very high compressive stresses on corners and such, that you have a little, due to the high compressive stresses, a little buildup on the corners. But other than that, it's, it's uh, virtually com- uh, distortion-free and that's a big, big plus of F&C.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that explains a lot of it, a lot of the reasons why it is, in fact, growing in popularity, because I think that's one thing you and I talked about earlier, was there seems to be within the last, I don't know, five years for sure, it seems like you're hearing a lot more about FNC than you used to hear about. It used to be, I mean, nitriding is still popular, carburizing is still popular, but you're hearing a lot more about FNC. Primarily because of the things you said, I guess. Is there any other other reasons, or is that that primary? Cost savings, good qualities?
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, if if you look back, Doug, in the early days, and I can share this with you, um, in in the uh, 90s, beginning of the 90s, uh, I was running our nitriding department in our heat treat shop, and I had this little shaker bottle uh, where it can uh, determine the dissociation of ammonia. so um, okay. And that uh, determined the uh, nitri- uh, nitrogen uh, potential. And, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, the outcome was mediocre, I have to tell you the truth. And yeah. uh, uh, we did not clean the parts. We just put ammonia on it and depending on, we had no ways of controlling it other than the time and the temperature. So the outcome was, um, yeah, a big variation, Uh, and that's that's why uh, it was limited. Uh, the, you could not find anything in the aerospace industry. It, nitriding was not accepted in, in aerospace at all. And even in the automotive in the 90s, you did not find anything nitrided. It was, had some tooling applications and such, but um, with, with the controls you have today, you have probes, you have sensors. You, you can determine everything. You can see exactly what's going on, that is has been a big factor: the reprodu, uh, reproducibility um, of of the uh, layer you achieve, and um, that is was only possible if with uh, good control to have and a deep under better understanding of the process. And uh, very important to mention, mostly neglected, is the cleaning of the surface. There is uh-huh. there is uh, no other. A heat treat process which benefits uh, from a good cleaning than nitriding and nitrocarburizer FNC. Yeah, uh, say again. That makes a huge difference because yeah. you're operating at lower temperature and uh, you not necessarily get rid of all these impurities and the ammonia uh, gas which is uh, you know talk speaking of the processes, really relies on the surface uh, uh, cracking uh, um, of the material to dissociate in. And uh, we have seen huge impacts if parts are not cleaned well, on right. the surface uh, um, layers of uh, F and C, Uh, different layers where we have missed uh, the white layer in total and such so that that is a big difference
1: and the cleaning i assume is besides just uh you know particles i I assume we're talking about removal of grease and and uh chemicals and things of that sort so that there can be good diffusion
2: exactly exactly you know uh, it's uh, the the surface has to be active
1: yeah yeah (laughs) right
2: and um, and you have um, the 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 chips and the dirt that's to remove. That's the easy part. But you right. have um, sometimes salts and residue from cutting and and yeah. forming, especially these forming agents, uh, sulfur, right. and phosphate, uh, which are very hard to, to remove. Um, especially for parts which are oftenly F um, and C treated and like a, a deep Deep-drawn parts, are, uh, yeah. sheet metal components, um, which are cutted, and uh, th- there we see a big difference if they're not cleaned well.
0: They're not clean. When we return, we'll continue talking about what happens when parts are not cleaned well. But first, let's talk about Heat Treat Today's 40 Under 40 Class of 2021. Each year, this honor goes to 40 rising young leaders in the North American heat treat industry. Leaders who teach, oversee others, take charge of plans, innovate, self-teach, and forge new paths. If you or anyone you know fits this description, let us know. Fill out the five-minute form on www.heattreattoday.com 40under40nominate, or learn more about the 40 Under 40 application process by going to www.heattreattoday.com 40under40promo. In-house heat treaters, commercial heat treaters, and heat treat industry suppliers are all welcome. If you're an industry supplier, think about nominating one of your captive Heat Treat customers for this award. Your company name will appear as the nominator. Again, go to www.heattreattoday.com 40under40promo. It's easy, it's fast, and best of all, it's a well-deserved recognition. Now, let's get back to the interview to hear what different cleaning processes look like.
1: All right. So run run our listeners through a typical FNC process. How does it how does it happen?
2: Well, uh, I think it's important to mention, um, as we haven't done it yet, we have three different processes. We have uh, uh, salt bath, uh, okay, hydrocarburizing. Okay. nitrocarburizing, um, and we have gas, and we have plasma. Okay. Uh, um, each process has the pros and the cons. Um, the salt, um, you know, there is a choline process or the Degussa, um, doferit um, uh, QPQ, uh, Melanide. There are a lot of names out there uh, for salt bath uh, nitrocarburizing. Um, wonderful, you, you know, you dunk it in quick. The problem are the cyanide salts. And uh, yes. so you have to carry over and clean it and to properly handle it, store it, and do it. Uh, that That is, not everyone wants to, um, like, likes to do that. Okay. Other than that, um, you have uh, wonderful uh, mechanical results with uh, salt bath nitrocarburizing. And then uh, the plasma process. The plasma is excellent. Um, for certain geometries, not so much for bulk. It's hard to, uh, if, the long you can place the um, the parts in, in the uh, in the furnace. Uh, it's a wonderful, clean, environmental friendly, cold wall. Everything is good. The problem is twofold. It, uh, it only uh, it's hard with bulk loads. Yeah, so it's not as flexible on on various parts, and uh, the other is. Uh, with the post-oxidation, you still need, um, you cannot do it with plasma because it technically doesn't work. So you right. need a combination of, of gas nitriding in the plasma furnace, actually, to right. have um, the, the the oxidizing part of the process, if you wish right. to do that, go that route. Right. So uh, having that said, the most commonly widely accepted process is the gas nitriding. And gas nitrocarburizing. So, and uh, everyone know, you know, these pit furnaces classically. uh, That's uh, that's one of the arrangement. And uh, you, you, um, what you do is you put the parts in the furnace either vertically, pit, or modern, now, a lot of horizontal arrangements. Sure. So they, they have, uh, they was a loader, you just may have a batch. And then you're uh, either cl- uh, purge uh, with, with nitrogen gas or with a newer equipment, they have a vacuum pump, so they have a vacuum purge system, So, instead of flushing with a lot of gas, they uh, they draw a vacuum and then uh, they they heat up the load under convection to um, 580, 590 degrees Celsius. Uh, That can be done with a uh, a so-called pre-oxidation process. So, so, uh, some people... Uh, like, you know, especially if you have higher alloyed uh, chrome 4140, so chrome steels, uh, they're better to nitride if they are uh, pre oxidized um, okay. on the way up. So, other than that, um, you nitride then or nitrocarburize um, with um, ammonia gas. Yeah, when you do gas nitriding, in conjunction with either endo gas or uh, CO2 gas. Um, uh, both in combination uh, over a cycle time of one hour to four hours uh, soaking time and process time. And then you cool down with gas, and not with the ammonia. Uh, a lot of people do make that mistake. They heat up with ammonia or maybe even cool down with ammonia. That is not correct. Um, yeah. Depending on, of course, what you uh, try to achieve, but uh, the, the best way is to flush it out because you have different dissociation processes uh, going on to the surface, and you have um, a whatsoever uh, surface combination and, and um, um, nitriding um, uh, nitrides. Let's say right. if you don't do it properly.
1: So, so are, we, are we gas cooling with nitrogen then?
2: Uh, the, you're better off ga- gas cooling with nitrogen right. uh, and, or you go into an interrupted uh, cooling and then you oxidize on your way down. and yep. then you have this so-called post oxidation. Yeah. So you cool down to 300c, 300 uh, 350 C and um, you have an FeO uh, 2 um, layer and, yep. uh, which is dense. That's important, you know, you don't want to have a flaky one or rough one. Um, uh, you want to have uh, a dense oxidized layer in the surface, and um, then you continue to cool. So um, that, that is basically the, the recipe of FNC.
1: Good, good. Now, I, I didn't ask you before, and I should ask you, uh, metals with which you can uh, uh, nitride or FNC, all, all basically all steels. Can you do? Can you do FNC with? Are there some steels you can't do it with? How about aluminum, titanium? I mean, what what can you do FNC with? What can't you do it with?
2: Well, um, you, you, I would say that nitriding is applied to a much broader spectrum of uh, steels and even uh, other alloys. Let's say um, uh, you can, you know, people do even. Uh, titanium and nickel alloys, and try to put in nitrogen on the surface. Okay. I call it nitriding. Um, that that is a much broader F and C uh, with nitrocarburizing is uh, typically done uh, with uh, uh, low carbon steels, okay. or carbon steels, um, and uh, 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 rather than high alloy steels. Okay, so it is uh, that's why. Uh, we have, um, you know, um, sheet metal parts. Very often, we we can see so, um, you know, ten fifteen. So lo- low um, low low carbon. Uh, low carbon or plain carbon steels. Um, and
1: maybe is another reason, Thomas, why it's a, it's it's become a more favorable process, huh? You can get some of the mechanical properties out that, with less expensive materials. Is that safe to say?
2: Well, yes, uh, that's that can be part of it, uh, but you need, should uh, have a pre-hardened uh, material. Um, that's yeah. important. So you, you need some carbon content in um, uh, to have some um, hardness, uh, which sustains the high hardness of the of the uh, surface, um, because um, the, so it's all pre-hardened metals um, okay. for the most part. Yeah, if, if um, uh, not necessarily, but uh, it it is it certainly helps if you have some yeah. strength in the substrate, um, okay. which is supporting then the hard layer. Um, it, it truly depends on your application, but uh, you're right. Uh, you you can uh, save on the materials uh, to some degree. And uh, still
1: get the mechanical properties that you're looking still
2: for. Get that, especially with the combination of the carbon, yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So if you're if you're a company, I want to ask you two questions, two final questions that will maybe help some of our listeners who are thinking about moving in the FNC direction. I want to ask you two questions. First question is this: Who are the companies? And I know we can't be exhaustive here, but who are some of the companies that that actually manufacture this type of equipment that they could speak to? And then, secondly just what are some of the some of the things that companies ought to be asking themselves before they decide to go down the FNC rabbit trail if you will okay so first off how about companies list of companies that if you have them and we'll try to be exhaust, more exhaustive in our in our transcript of this well if we miss any here we'll list them in the transcript but uh, maybe just rattle off a few that you're comfortable with uh, well yeah
2: we, um if for uh, you have the the plasma people uh, that is uh, Rubik and Eltropulse, uh, uh, and Pla- um, and, and, uh, and uh, Platek um, and I think yeah that's that's all I, I know of on the plasma side on on the salt side you have um, a Half uh, Degusa uh, and Colleen. Um, And on the gas nitriding, you have um, classically Lindbergh uh, for many years. Uh, I think surface combustion is in that business as well. And on the horizontal, um, uh, very recently, you know, over the last 20 years, very popular design is a horizontal vacuum perch retort nitriding and nitrocarburizing furnaces. Uh, there you see Ibsen, you'd see uh, a German company called uh, KGO, um, okay. but also you have Sikor Warwick um, with some proprietary designs, zero floats, um, also a good concept. And um, lately, Gaspar came into this business and solar right. as well. Yeah. So uh, they have uh, the vacuum purge uh, nitriding furnaces. Right, right. And, and um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and I just want to back up a little bit, like on the salt bath, you mentioned several. I also know just as far as salt bath manufacturers, you've got Ajax Electric, also Upton, That and I don't know if they do FNC units, but I'm assuming that they do. So. And yeah, there's a lot of other companies. And like I said, in the transcript, we'll try to list out as many of those companies as we can because we, we want to, you know, give an even well, hand to yes, all of those uh, companies.
2: Yeah, but uh, to, to the Salt Bath is, um, the, the, it's you need the salt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are only two companies left in the world, uh, or three maybe, uh, who supply this uh, salts. And um, yeah. uh, it's more popular in Japan, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah Yeah, but anyway so it, it's it's uh, not as big as a gas uh, process
1: a yeah. yeah. gas right okay good All right so let's let's jump to the last question that is okay so I'm a company about maybe converting from some other surface hardening process, let's say over to FNC what what kind of questions should I be asking myself?
2: Well yeah uh, it all starts of course with the product and the application. Uh, That's how you start. And then uh, you need to understand understand the the wear and the corrosion methodics. Um, That has to be well understood. And if that leads into uh, FNC as the most suitable solution for this uh, application, um, you need to understand uh, the details of how you want to build up the surface layer. Uh, thickness of your diffusion layer, uh, your compound layer, the white layer on the top, and if you want to do uh, post-oxidation, so you need um, to do also the oxide layer, uh, which, by the way, very often um, needs to be polished at the end as well uh, to increase corrosion resistance. So it has some mechanically polishing at the end. so uh, if, if if these uh, kinetics are uh, need to be uh, well understood, um, and uh, the where uh, and what you want to achieve with this. Um, right. So right. and then of course uh, you have to see uh, the design, and uh, you, um, you, have, you have a couple of details. If you have uh, uh, sheet metal components which are cutted. Usually, the, the cutting corner uh, receives a higher uh, layer, you know, and then the uh, the, the, the corners themselves they build up due to stresses. So, there are a couple of minor things uh, that need uh, to have attention, and then, of course, um, um, you need to have an expert. Um, who really refines the process, and that has to be done in conjunction with good controls? And yeah. um, there are there are uh, two, three companies in the market. Uh, um, UPC is one of them, you know, right. Like, Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention Nitrex, um, big brand. <laughs> big right.
1: brand. UPC it's is Nitrex. part of Nitrex, but they are also the they also do the process. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. Um, very important. Um, somebody uh, who really understood sense, the nitriding, and the control part of it, mm-hmm. and um, so U- UPC Marathon, um, they have uh, very good controls. Uh, and uh, they are um, SSI and have also uh, the probes. So, and then in, in, um, there is uh, Stange in, in Germany as well. So you have two, three companies um, which have uh, good knowledge in the controls and the probes, uh, how to control this uh, nitriding uh, process. And uh, then you can build up um, Uh, how you know your desired layer system and it is a layer you have a diffusion uh, and then you have a compound a white layer and then you have maybe an oxide layer on top and uh, that needs to be well understood Um, and of course as mentioned before um, it's essential to have parts cleaned uh, thoroughly and um, and if you maybe need a polishing afterwards um, then of course how you put them in the furnace, the placement is uh, that the gas can uh, uniformly penetrate the parts. Right. And, um, um, yeah, these, these are the central parts.
1: Yeah, great, great. Well, folks, there you have it. That's a, a FNC 101. There's the basics in Fritic nitrocarburizing from Thomas Wingens. Thomas, thank you. Appreciate it very much. I know that if people have questions, you, you specifically would be more than happy to... Sure. Uh, to help them out. So it's, uh, the company again is Wingens International Industry Consultancy and Thomas refresh me on the website. It's just wingens, wingens wingens.com. That's it. Wingens.com. W I N G E N S.com. And, uh, you, you're more than welcome. You can reach out to Thomas directly that way. Thomas, thanks very much for your expertise. Appreciate your time.
2: Great pleasure. Thank you, Doug. And, uh, have a great day.
1: All right. Thanks.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's Heat Treat Radio episode. Check out Thomas Wingens's previous appearances on Heat Treat Radio at www.heattreattoday.com/radio, and search Thomas Wingens to see him featured in the episodes Parts Washing or Megatrends. To learn more about today's guest, visit Thomas Wingens's website at www.wingens.com. That's Wingens W-I-N-G-E-N-S dot You can also send an email to me, and I'll put you in touch with Thomas. My email is bethany at heattreattoday.com. We're always interested in new Heat Treat Radio topics. Send me an email with what you find fascinating so that we can talk about it in a future Heat Treat Radio episode. Additionally, if you'd like to be a sponsor of a future episode, let me know and we'll be in touch. Again, my email is bethany at heattreattoday.com. Heat Treat Today provides informative ebooks, timely news, cutting edge technical content, and more. This year we're publishing eight print and digital magazines. Be sure that you stay informed and are subscribed to Heat Treat Today. Go to slash subscribe to choose your Heat Treat Today subscriptions. Heat Treat Radio would like to thank Heat Treat Today's 40 Under 40 for sponsoring this episode. The nomination period officially begins in May, but don't wait. Nominate now at www.heattreattoday.com 40 under 40 promo. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without advance written permission from Heat Treat Today. Jonathan Lloyd, audio producer extraordinaire, created and mixed most of the music that you heard today. Check out his professional work at www.JonathanLoydMusic.com. Thank you, Jonathan. And I'm your host, Bethany Funk. Thank you for listening.